0: Welcome to 54 Live. I am your host, Digzies, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Jake. Jake, what's up, buddy? Life is good in the hood. This is
1: your boy, Bond Villain 101, coming up in the house. Bond, Jake bond oh good night <laughs> i'm shaken and stirred both right. by the u.s open and everything else in life because this is a manner of strife let's get going <laughs> he's, Diggsies. Dro-
0: he's dropping some knowledge he's dropping some rhymes now we're about 48 hours from the ending of the u.s open Wyndham clock man honestly I'm I, I, me and my buddies were calling him big bleep clock because he had balls of steel man that three wood that he hit I believe was on 17 to the mouth of the green. Was that 17? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. And it was like a 10, 10, 10 yard opening and he just down the stretch, he, you know, he he faltered a little bit, but he built up enough cushion by getting to 12 under that it didn't it didn't hurt him. And Sorry, that wasn't
1: 17. That was the last par 5, though. And it was a situation where he had no business or no reason to 14, really take the risk. 14. Yeah. Got so it. it was the, so, yeah. But it was one of those that you're right. He had no reason to take the extra risk. It was one of those moments that it was either going to king make you or king break you. Kind of like a, a Vandeveld or a Mito Pereira moment where you're just like, uh-oh, this could mm-hmm. be either amazing or this can be a problem.
0: And he took it on like a stud nugget. Amazing. And he, he played great. And honestly... If you were following Twitter and you're a golfer and you're on Twitter all weekend, everybody was talking about, you know, Ricky, Rory, Brooks, Scotty Scheffler in the hunt, you know, like not Brooks, Scotty Scheffler in the hunt. And nobody was talking about Wyndham Clark. And honestly, looking back, you had Mita Pereira last year at the PGA Championship. So many times you had, uh, you know, not, I'm going to say a no-name golfer because, you know, the guys that sit down and watch golf four times a year for the majors. They don't know who Wyndham Clark is. Us golf fans, we know who he is. He just won a month ago. You know, we we know he's, you know, what ranked what 32nd in the world. We know who he is, but guys that are watching just the majors, they don't know who Wyndham Clark is. You know, he's only played in what one major before this, maybe two. And Time and time again, you see these guys falter down the stretch and the big name guy that has experience in the situation comes through and wins. And that did not happen on Sunday. Wyndham Clark just, you know, put the rest of the guys to bed and it was a gutsy, gutsy performance.
1: You know, and I think part of it had to do with the fact of who he was playing with. I mean, I love Ricky Fowler. He's a great player. He's going to be, he's going to be a World Golf Hall of Fame first ballot player at the end of his career. I guarantee you. He's he'll just, he'll
0: get, he'll get one major, I, I believe.
1: No, I don't think he ever will. I no. mean, but no, I don't think so. But he's, he's a great player. He's, uh, but when it comes to closing out tournaments, he's just not there. Yeah. He's 0 and 8 whenever he, He's 0 and 8 when he has a 54 hole leader tie.
0: He's better coming from behind. We saw he's that. Better, the, he's better just coming from behind. Getting the, the, the clubhouse early and just watching. Yep. 2015 players. He was mm-hmm. down five with six the holes to go. And he played five under, played it great. He hit that shot on 18 at TBC Sawgrass. That's one of the toughest drives in all of golf. You know, you got to have balls of steel to hit that. He hit it. In regulation and in the playoff. So, you know, when he's coming from behind and you're chasing, it's a totally different mindset than when being ahead and trying to conserve a lead. And I said it when he missed that putt Saturday night on 18. He missed the putt, lipped out to make the birdie, but then the tap in for par that he missed, you saw he got aggravated. He moved his hands. He got frustrated. He looked at his caddy for 53 holes. He didn't show any emotion on the 54th hole. He showed emotion when he missed that putt, and I feel like he had to sleep on that, and I feel like that got in his psyche. And Sunday, he was thinking about that putt, and that putt completely drained the energy out of him.
1: Absolutely. And then you know, one of the things that I'm always confused about with Ricky Fowler, and now don't get me wrong, if you have a rhythm, you have the rhythm. But one of the things that he does so frequently is he leaves his glasses on, even if he's playing in the dark. And they were playing in the dark on Very Saturday Dark. Yep. Very dark. There was no business for you to have your glasses on. I don't care if they're polarized. I don't care what the hell you want to tell me they are the darkness they were playing in. And he he did the same thing at the Zozo championship in, in back in the fall, uh, when he's playing and he's, he had a, he had a 54 hole lead. But he goes in on Sunday and Sunday's overcast, eight shades of foggy, probably way darker than it actually shows. This is Japan and just is Japan in the fall. This is a dark time in Japan and he's wearing shades again. He does this. He'll keep shades on at times when it's a disadvantage to wearing shades because shades will, will hurt you when it comes to reading greens if it's too dark. Yeah. And the tea time that they got, they were done when it was damn near. You know, nightfall on Saturday Yeah,
0: I, I know that the USGA And I know uh, NBC Wanted to finish in prime time But it was like almost like ten fifteen here In the East Coast, ten thirty. Like they could have teed off a half hour before You know, so yeah. They were at a disadvantage, you know, thank God they moved it Up on Sunday, but they had to do that In case of a playoff, but you can just, just look at Ricky's stats throughout The week, you can tell that the pressure was getting for him On Sunday, he only hit 9 of 18 greens He hit 15 of 18 18 when he shot to 62 on thursday friday was 14 of 18 saturday was 12 for 18 so he got worse and worse as the week went on same thing with this putter on thursday 1.33 strokes average 1.57 1.93, and then two on Sunday. So, as the week went on, he got a little bit tighter. He stopped hitting greens. His putter got a little cold. And, you know, just add this to the list of majors that rookie couldn't finish. And, you know, like you said, eight times he fell apart. He had three seconds in 2014, a second at the Masters in 2018, a T5 this year. And, you know, I, I don't think the open is a good venue for him. I don't think the open will call for him. But, You know, it's just, it's frustrating. And the more and more he misses these opportunities, the more and more, if he has a 54 hole lead, it's going to go in the head and it's going to be buried in there. And he's going to be thinking about that. Well, and
1: not only that, but the question also remains, how many more opportunities will he have? Yeah. You know, Ricky Fowler is not the 22 year old that we knew back in 2015, you know, 13, you know, he's a, he's a man now. And these opportunities are going to get harder and harder for him to come by as we see new players emerging i mean sam bennett was challenging this week and he's a fresh out of college this is his first official you know major as a pro to my knowledge well it's yeah, as a pro i mean he was an amateur back at the uh, at the masters but you get what i'm saying these opportunities are going to dwindle and you know wyndham clark we're talking about how he, he didn't fold how he kept himself in gear and I really am serious. A lot of the reason why I think he stayed in control and why he was able to maintain control came down to one thing and one thing only. And that is that his playing partner never challenged him yeah. from like hole six onward. Ricky Fowler was not in the conversation anymore to win. He was in the conversation to, to maintain a top five finish. Yeah. And Wyndham Clark was playing, completely free the whole entire day.
0: There was no challenger. There really was no challenger. If he was was playing with Rory in that final round, it might have been a different conversation what happened right now, you know, because Rory wasn't putting well, but Rory, you know, played a lot better tee to green than Ricky did.
1: You know, absolutely.
0: I, I feel like Ricky lacks that killer instinct. Like we even saw it at the end when he went over to Wyndham and he's like, "Oh, how does that trophy feel?" Like he's too much of a nice guy. Like you need to have that killer instinct. Like think back to you know watching the uh, Michael Jordan documentary. You know, after you know losing a game or like going up to Larry Bird and being like, "Fuck you, Cox. you know, like getting like so mad and like competitive. Like Ricky lacks that Michael Jordan, that Kobe Bryant, that brooks kepka killer instinct. And right. it's hard to win on Sunday when you don't have that.
1: Right. Ricky Fowler doesn't strike me as the kind of person who plays a bad round on Sunday and is in the gym that evening no. to fix to fix it or work it out. Like Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler played a weird round on Saturday. And you know what he did? He goes to the range and he throws his driver away. Yep. Sorry, that was Friday. He did it on Friday. But the point is that after the rounds over, he's out there messing with his driver, saying no, no, no. I will not
0: accept this. I'm better than this. If if Scotty made some putts, he would have been right in the mix, man. Like he missed so many putts, and his putts were so off. Like he was just cold on the greens. You know, it's, oh, it's you know,
1: you have to have an Achilles heel, though. He, if he if he was a if he could putt. Could you imagine how scary he would be? He would be, he literally would be Tiger Woods 2000. Yeah. If he, if he was, if he could putt,
0: Phenomenal. better. Like, you know, like ball striking and, you know, you saw that the putter was frustrating him because he did make some, you know, way with shots with the irons coming in because, you know, like you can only take so much when you're missing putts like that. But, you know, back to Wyndham, I was wanted to ask this question to you. You know, mm-hmm. do you think that this will be uh, Brooks Kepka like coming out party or do you think it will be like a Keegan Bradley, Gary Woodland, you know, one shot in the dark type of win? Uh, you know, could he be uh, Padraig Harrington, Vijay Singh and get three? Could he be a Zach Johnson and get two? What's your take on that?
1: This is tough to gauge, right? So. One of the things that's been happening a lot over the past several years is a player has like the, that coming out moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden they go from being a player on tour to being one of the players on tour. Uh, you know, we
0: saw this last season where Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns all, both broke through and yeah. finally became. And Scotty mortal. Scheffler's coming out party was at. Uh, PGA at Harding Park, the one that Murakawa won. Nobody knew who Scotty Scheffler was before that, but he was in contention down the stretch, and that's when everybody knew, oh, who's this Scotty Scheffler guy? The next year, he starts tearing it up. Well, exactly. And then we saw that period of time, you know, you see this where these players just all of a
1: sudden emerge and start growing. We saw this with last year with Tony Fina, where he went from being a sometimes winner to being a competent winner. Mm -hmm. We saw this with earlier this year where Max Homa had the same thing, where he had a stretch of, of like a couple months where he looked really solid. These guys, this happens with them, where you have a player that just goes from being a player on tour to being one of the players on tour. And this is the year where he has become one of the players on tour. However, I don't think that he'll end up being uh, long-term, a world golf hall of fame type player. You know, somebody whom has 20 to 30, you know, career victories. He's not going to be a. I don't think that's he's going to so be hard. a. pot. That's
0: so hard to get twenty, thirty. You know. Well, you're talking about VJ Sings and, and Padraig Harrington, yeah. so that's like thirty victories professionally. I'm thinking uh, more major, like you know, like how many majors? Because they have three each. Zach Johnson has two. Kaima has two. Right. Ke- Keegan has one. Woodland has one. You and, know, and I think I think that I think that when it's easier for me to think about in terms of
1: overall wins because I treat every tournament like it's a major in its own way because it is. But I understand what you're saying when it comes to the actual majors. Maybe, Majors. Um I think Wyndham Clark might get one more in his career. I think the field as far as the player if he was 21, I would say yeah, he's got he's got maybe one one or two more in his tank. Mm-hmm. But he's 29, and so that means he's, he's in the same player group as Speeth, Thomas, Homa, Finau. He's in the same player group age group of these guys. And remember, Rory's not old. You know, we keep talking about Rory's career, Rory McElroy, and it, it always makes me feel like Rory McElroy is some old man, but he's not, dude. He's, he's just, he's just, you know, hitting the mid portion of his career at this point in time. And so it's, I don't see this being a long-term, thing where we see three more majors for Wyndham Cluck. I think we see maybe one more in his career.
0: Yeah. And like you said, Rory is only 34 years old. You know, like exactly. he still has, you know, the majority of his 30s left and early 40s. And we saw with Phil last year, you know, you can win in your 50s. You know, like it's not probable, but you can win in your 50s. I think, I think Wyndham Cluck, like I said, he has balls of steel and, you know, that putter. And that's insane how the whole Potter situation happened with him and Ricky you know he saw Ricky he played around with Ricky he's like oh let me test out your Potter oh I like this and then boom he puts it in the bag and beats you out a Sunday major with the Potter that you know he wouldn't have if it wasn't for you like that's yeah. such an amazing story man like it's so funny how things like that happen but I don't know I I I, I still feel like it's out there to be known you know like will he come out of nowhere and become this big star you know like look at Brooks Kepka. before he won the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills he he came he started he took the off the beaten path he played in Europe he won the Waste Management Phoenix Open then he won Aaron Hills and then boom he went on a tear you know it can happen it's happened before but I think Wyndham Clark will be in contention um, I think he probably earned a spot at the Ryder Cup as long as he plays well the rest of the year and I don't know. Maybe he can win one or two more. Maybe he'll surprise us and go on a run. But, you know, I don't think I don't think we're getting into Brooks Kepka, you know, Rory McIlroy territory. I, I think he'll be more like maybe two, you know, lucky if he gets three.
1: Yeah, there's just so much talent out there right now. I mean, you got what um, if, I, if we're being honest right now, as far as major championships are concerned. As far as even PGA tournaments are concerned, there are easily on the PGA Tour, or just in general, let's just say major championships. Yeah, in general. Th- there yeah. are probably 40 guys out there that could win a major championship, and you wouldn't be completely confused about right now. Yeah.
0: I, I, mean, I think, you think 40?
1: I think there's about 40 guys that, that could win a major championship. And now, obviously, certain players we're expecting more out of. Right. Yeah. But there's probably 40 guys that if they ended up winning a major and you just logged in and missed the entire week and saw that they won, you wouldn't be completely shocked. Right. Like Let's just let's just name 20 real easily. Yeah, right I'm going to pull okay, up. Up. I'm
0: going to I'm pulling up the odds right now for
1: the open. OK, okay. but I'm just going to start naming off players right Go now. And I mean, so let's start with live players. Make it easy for us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, you know, Phil Nicholson unlikely but you still wouldn't be surprised because yeah. of what happened to the masters um brooks Kepka, bryson de uh patrick reed that's six right there and we're not even really trying with live answer neiman answer neiman right there that's eight yep and i mean that's that's eight guys from just lives roster and, then, and we're yeah. not even, and we're not even including and we're not even including the live players that have exemption
0: problems right now oh. so gooch Gooch, Varner, no, even Varner. Yeah, if he yeah. want the way he's playing, if he won one, you wouldn't be super surprised. And then you got Rory, Shuffler, Rahm, Hovland, Shawfle, Spieth, Cantley, Morikawa, Fleetwood, Lowry, JT Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Finau, Rose, Hama, Young, Matsuyama, Day, uh, Ricky, Sanjay M, Adam Scott. Uh, exactly, we're at we're, at, we're at twenty we're at twenty seven right yeah. there. And, I mean, this is what we're talking about. The
1: field is so stacked with amazingly talented players right Mm -hmm. now that you, again, you're not surprised if any of these guys win. So, that's why I'm saying, like, situations like this, it's going to be tough for a player to really establish himself going
0: forward. Yeah, it's a lot harder than it used to be. Yeah, these you really have to become next level god mode and that's why rory hasn't won lately you know think about it if there's no cam smith there's no Wyndham clock rory has six majors you know because the same thing that happened at st andrews last year happened again at la country club now now
1: rory, rory wouldn't have won if it wasn't for cam smith because he would he wouldn't he also lost to cam i know Young. he
0: finished tied third but honestly if if he's i feel like it ends a little different right I don't, we can't, we can't go speculating like that, Diggsy. You're right, we can't, but that, that, you know, Cameron Young making that putt on the final round, you know, if Rory had a, you know, because Rory, he was in the fairway and he had to like go for it, you know, like he tried to try to chip it in. That's fair, that's fair. You know, so if Rory didn't have to chip it in, he could just play, you know, conservatively and get his par, you know, then we're in a different par or birdie, we're in a different situation, but you're right, we can't be, you know, we can't be speculative but you know it's rory's seventh second or third place finish he has three twos four threes uh one of those threes like we said is last year at saint andrews but He struck the ball amazingly, man. He had eight of 13 fairways, 15 of 18 greener regulations. But what hurt him? He averaged exactly two putts per hole. Oh, gosh. So what he needed to do was just have one of those fall. He would have forced the playoff. And honestly, the way Wyndham Clark was just hanging on by a thread at that end, at the end of the round, I feel like if Rory forces a playoff, Rory wins that playoff. Now,
1: saying that, though, I'm very glad that Rory did not win this one. And it has nothing to do with Rory himself. It has everything to do with that, with, with the drop on the drop on 14. Mm-hmm. I know that you're, you know, I know we, everyone's talked about this. We had our podcast on big boy pants, uh, golf where we, where we talked about it for 45 minutes, but it's, uh, I'm not a fan of it. And I had the same situation happen to me today. Not, not quite the same situation, but a similar situation. A lot less looked, on the line, a lot less on the line, but <laughs> you know, it was, it was plugged in the, in the vertical wall of the bunker. And, You know, I didn't get no free relief. And look, this is one of those things where obviously they have the rules official there. They have everything going on. But it wasn't just the relief that he got that pissed me off. It was the where he got relief to. You know, yeah. It, it, you should have gotten relief down into the bunker, not relief onto the fucking green. Part of my or,
0: French. Originally, when I saw it, I thought I was like, "Oh, nice. He's going to be able to take it out of that and just have a bunker shot." Yeah, you know, that's what I thought. But and that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been angry with that. But I, what I was angry about is that they that they they take it and they put it on basically the green fringe. Yeah. Yeah like i said you know like i i've made my case known on twitter like i don't think a lot of people like oh he cheated like you're not cheating if there's a rule official there the rule official literally she literally put her finger into the hole to feel that it was embedded now granted rory had his finger in first but you know what it it is what it is the rule official was sitting there that wasn't an illegal drop you know he did what the rule official will allow him and honestly at that point it's you, you push it as far as you can push it you know if the rule official wanted to say no go back in the bunker she could have said no go back in the bunker you know so i can't fault rory for saying oh i'm gonna drop it here he can say whatever he wants and if she agrees with him she agrees with him you know what i mean right
1: and that was and that was in that situation i think we had the wrong rules official there because that rule official should have just put it forced him back in the bunker i think if if he takes that drop in the bunker nobody has any question about the about the legality of it or the advantage that he was given because he was taken from an a disadvantage a disadvantageous situation and given a, a huge advantage yeah and that's what pissed me
0: off yeah and honestly watching it i i said to my wife i was like wow maybe this is the break that rory needs to win a major like the golf gods are obviously on rory's side but he still didn't get it done and honestly i've made my piece known on this podcast time and time again rory's my favorite golfer and I wasn't rooting for him to win, and honestly, my wife said, you're not a true fan, because I bet on Rory the last eight majors. I stopped at the PGA, and I didn't have money on the U.S. Open, so I was like, I don't want him to win, because I've been betting on him for the past two years, and he hasn't won, so of course I don't bet on him he's going to win. That's why I didn't want him to win, and my wife was making fun of me saying I wasn't a true fan.
1: Now, I was trying to tell you on Saturday on Saturday evening to take the money and run on Ricky, because you had money on Ricky.
0: It was like it was only because i i at the end of the day i bet three hundred and twenty dollars to win like fifty five hundred but if i cashed out it only would have been like five hundred bucks yeah
1: only you know? but it would
0: have been I, I know, $5, 500. like if they offered me you know, $2,500, I would have cashed out because that happened to me at Brooks in the Masters. I had money on Brooks. They offered me half of what I would win. And I was like, there's no way Brooks is going to blow this lead. Every time he gets a lead like this in a major, he slams the door shut. What did Brooks do? He blew the lead. So I really haven't had luck with people with 54 hole leads at majors. Brooks screwed me in the Masters. Ricky screwed me here. Uh, I won with Brooks at the PGA. That was a little different story. But Man, Ricky, I I really you and Pants thought I was insane when I said Ricky Fowler would have a good week, but you know what? At the end of the day, you guys are right. He didn't get the job done. Yeah, it's it's I understand.
1: Like it's easy to talk about who's who you think is going to have a good week because if if somebody has form, if somebody has experience around that area, if somebody we think that they're going to be able to be a competitor there, right? Yeah. Um, However, you know, course confidence really did not show up at all for a certain golfer at this event. And that was Max Homa. Like, dude,
0: this is a course that you have the course record on, bro. And um, you didn't even make the cut. That's another guy that I feel like gets linked into that not having the killer edge, you know, the killer instinct.
1: Yeah. he's, He's somebody who I love his personality. I think he's hilarious on Twitter. I just... I'm just confused by him because he just, when it comes time to the big moments, he's able to get it done against Danny Willett. You know, Mm -hmm. he's able to get it done against the, against the guys who, you know, shouldn't be there in the first place. But when he's against the
0: guys who should be there, he
1: just, he ain't, he ain't there.
0: Yeah. And honestly, like talking about Killer Instinct, I think there's only like a handful of guys on the tour that we can say have that Killer Instinct. Obviously, Brooks has it. I would say Scotty Scheffler has it. John Rahm has it. Other than that, you know, who, you know, maybe Dustin Johnson when he's rocking. Who, Who else would you say has that Killer Instinct that they'll just step on your neck? Rory obviously doesn't have it. You know, Hovland Shawflake doesn't have it. Cam Smith still to be seen. You know, Spieth, he's a head case. Now, when you you say he's like killer instinct, you're talking about somebody who, when they realize they have an advantage over a playing partner, they just put... No, just like when they they know that the the Major's in in reach, they just go and get it done, you know? Oh, okay. Like the way Brooks closed out his five Major Champions, you know, like he's just like, you know, other than the Masters mishap, you know if Brooks has a lead, he's close Well, to the door. well and you can't blame it like on that him Tigers, because, like the Tiger killer instinct. Like- okay. Well, and you can't
1: blame it on him because I mean, he's he's. It wasn't like he lost to a beta. You know, he lost to the other, the only other
0: alpha out there, and that yeah. was John Rom. And like I said, Rom has that killer instinct. You know, exactly. Scheffler has it. Brooks has it. Rom has it. Other than them, those three. You know, maybe DJ on a good day, but uh, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who has that mojo, who has that swagger. Patrick Reed has that swagger when he's playing well.
1: I I can agree with that. Somebody whom I think should have that. Everything about him physically means he should have that, but he just doesn't because he's just too much of a. He just seems to come off as too much of a of a a chill, nice guy. Mm -hmm. Tony Finau. Yeah. Tony Finau is somebody whom, if I'm standing next to him. Like, Tony Finau should be exuding some presence, right? Yep. Yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, at least it doesn't seem like he does on camera. Now, again, I'm not there. I'm not in his group. But when you're watching it on television, you just don't feel...
0: You just don't feel him, right? You don't, yep. you don't feel like he's he's owning. I know. Yeah, he seems like too much of a nice guy always smiling, you know? Like, Justin Thomas, he's someone that th- probably thinks he has the killer instinct, but he doesn't. You know, like, you know, he lets fans get underneath his skin. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Um,
1: and the person, people who have the killer instinct are the people who, if a fan gets under their skin, they
0: just, they can yell at that person and
1: that person goes, sorry,
0: daddy. Yeah, exactly. My favorite meme of the weekend was when uh, they showed the the picture of JT wearing Kobe's Lower Merion jersey. And it said, oh, oh you both <laughs> shot 81 in LA. And it's just like, because like, you know, like JT's always like, like, I hate when he does that stuff. When he was like at the President's Cup and he was like, oh, I was watching Terrell Owens videos all weekend to get hyped up. And then he made that part. And he was like, I love me some me. I love me some me. Like. Come up with your own stick, man. You know, like well, you had. Oh, I was watching Terrell Owens video. So after I make this putt, I'm going to say Terrell Owens quote. Like you're trying too hard, bro. Like stop. He, he does try a little hard. I'm um, not a big JT fan. If you if you can't tell, I
1: like him just fine. I have no problem with him. It's just that he's he's just got. Um, I I just don't I just don't trust him. Like what I'm trying to say. Like like yeah. I, I if it comes time to closing things out, I trust him when he's when he's with Spieth. I don't trust him by himself. Yeah. Let's put it that I way. Just,
0: I just I feel like he's a little, little soft mentally. You know, we saw that with the fan when he's like, "Get him out of here!" Like, come on, man! Like the fans trying to have a good time. You know, leave, leave him alone. You know, like think about if you were playing basketball like Kobe. You know, the fan uh, in Boston trying to close out an NBA finals. The fans would be saying a lot worse than what that guy said to you on the T box. Oh mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, but speaking back to the U.S. Open. Everybody, I feel like everybody putted bad on Sunday except for Cam Smith, man. He made a run on the back nine. He was putting lights out. 1.58 putts average. He picked up 2.5 strokes gained putting on the field on Sunday. So he came in third. Um, only I, 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 The strokes gained putting was only behind Harris, English, and Patrick Cantley. And you have to think. With the way he closed out the U.S. Open, he has to be a favorite heading into the Open at Royal Liverpool. One of the favorites,
1: I think so personally. Yeah, like I said, my the person that I'm most excited about is Cam Smith. I just need you to know that right now. Like that is who I'm, who I'm excited about. Like he's a defending champion, mm-hmm. so I don't care about anything else that anyone says. That's who I'm, I'm. I'm looking towards, and I really want to see how he plays at Valderrama because Valderrama is a tough, tough course. It is a course that you know. I'm excited about in the future coming up because it's like next – it's not this weekend, but it's next weekend. Yeah. And to me, Cam Smith, his major form has just been so solid this entire year without being on the front page. Yeah. He's been sneaking up the leaderboards the entire week on all three majors this year. I think that he's ready to retain
0: a title. I, I, I would not be surprised. I feel like going into Royal Liverpool, there's five guys that I would say probably will end up being the favorites, and that's Rory, Rahm, Scheffler, Brooks, and Cam Smith. Yeah. You now you got Brooks, Rahm, they won majors this year. Rory came close, Scheffler, Scheffler, and, you know, Cam Smith is in great form. I'd be interested to see what Wyndham Clark's going to be.
1: I, I don't. I'm not predicting much for him right now. No, I'm not, not, but I'm
0: just saying, what, what does Vegas think of him? I'm looking right now, let's see. Vegas thinks 477 to one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I still don't see him on this leaderboard. And I'm, I'm looking well, at Well, and that's Patrick. because probably people aren't putting bets on him I'm yet, looking at I mean, Patrick you know. Carrington, Paul Casey, Harold Warner, Lee Westwood, Phil Nicholson. Oh, my God. Did I miss him? I must have missed him. Well, what are you doing over there, man? I mean, you know, to, to, you know, pop, pop, the, pop them weed out your
1: mouth, and let's let's just let's get this going, man. Okay, you know, look. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Wyndham Clark's gonna gonna have a good opportunity. He's actually just, not. He's actually not listed. You know yeah, why? Of course, he's not because, because people are betting on him.
0: No, because he probably wasn't exempt until he won. You know what, uh, I mean? what? No, he should have been already because he was he was already top fifty in the world. He's not on the list. That they probably don't know what to do with him yet. They may have had to reset. They may have had to reset the betting line. Yeah, you know, yeah, that could be what it is. Yep. They froze. They froze the betting on him and had to reset the line. Yeah, could be what it was. I'll check out. I'll, I was looking at do I'll check out DraftKings as we go along. But well, let's let's not do that because it's going to waste the entire yeah, podcast. Yeah, go on go, that. go. I mean, ultimately,
1: guys, this was one heck of an, of an event. I I was frustrated with the way that it was playing out. Yeah, let's get just, to the course because you were complaining. You didn't like the course. I didn't like the course. Um, it just to me. I got mad about the scoring. Okay. This was the Rory McElroy set a record for the lowest score ever for a US Open to not win. You, you understand that? Like he set a record yeah, for the lowest lowest US Open score to not win. The US Open scored at the same difficulty as the PGA Championship. This is the bloodbath open.
0: Yeah, and but you know what? I know everybody was upset with Xander and Ricky getting the 62. They finished the first round 8-under, but the winning score was only 10-under. You know, like, it got harder every day. It did,
1: but um, it just...
0: it. it I the, know, first I agree day, with the first the first—I wanted to see carnage. You know, we, yeah. in, in the preview pod, I said I would love to see an even one under two under. You know, we saw carnage, and just think about it. I think 19, 20 guys ended up under par. Where yeah. last year in Boston, it was like maybe 10, 11, or twelve.
1: And that's where where it is for me, man. I I just didn't enjoy seeing what we saw. I wanted tougher. Um, it it ended up being a good tournament, but it it didn't feel like a U.S. Open.
0: Yeah. And that's what bothered me. The leaderboard was great. You know,
1: leaderboard was great. Um, Scoring turned out. Meh. For me, like I wanted, I like pain and suffering for my U.S. Open. If we, if we want to go play the John Deere classic, we can go play the John Deere classic and shoot 27 under par or the century tournament champions and shoot 37 under par. I don't care. That's what that tournament's about. But the U.S. Open's about blood and guts
0: that's about cursing. It's about anger. It's about frustration. Yeah, yeah. it's about, about who has the best mental game, you know, plus the physical. Game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know. and and not only that, but they they um, they design they, the way that the way that course lays out. It's it's
1: it's it's elongated and scaped alongside all of these rich yeah. houses, yeah, rich houses. So there's not there's not really areas for them to put like hospitality suites or walking suites or anything else other than
0: in the trouble areas for where you would hit if you're actually in trouble the so, fact that they only gave 9000 general admission tickets is is that's a sin that's a sin
1: um, now obviously when you're in hospitality suites you can still walk around like general admission but they should they should, they put gonna, they put know? way too much focus on on hospitality suites and look man it felt really corporate it was very stuffy, stuffy. There was so much quiet on the entire weekend up until Sunday. Sunday was the only day we heard crowd at all. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like engineered and put in by the NBC <laughs> crew.
0: Like they do the bird chirps at the Masters. Yes. Um, but so anyway, that's that's not,
1: that's, that's not so the point.
0: We don't have to worry about that anymore because you know what? The USGA is taking a page out of the opens book and they're coming. What do they call them? They um, host sites. Host sites Host sites Is that what they said Host sites I don't know But they have Pretty much up until 2039 Other than 2036 And 2038 They have Places where We know We love Starting out The next three years You got Pinehurst Oakmont Shinnecock Pebble Beach Wingfoot Back to Pinehurst Marion Riviera Pebble Oakmont Oakland Hills Pinehurst Open Pebble Open And then back to LA Country Club In 39 Which They have you know, what, seven, 16 years to change. So Right. right.
1: But and the, the, the big thing that I didn't like, though, Diggs, is that, as I was saying, the hospitality suites, all of them had to be set up in areas where it was reasonable for a player to hit there. Mm-hmm. And they should have been available for a player to hit there for
0: trouble. Yeah. So, like, t- hole number site, one. I'm sorry. Anchor site. That's what they're calling them. Gotcha. Anchor well, sites of the U.S. Open. Well, and, and, and Harris English, he, like, T hole number one
1: on Sunday. He shanks it hard right. This should be an area where he's stuck, screwed over, ends up double bogeying in the hole, probably out of the tournament on hole number one. Mm -hmm. He's near a hospitality suite, though, because he's 34 yards to the right. And so what do they do? They basically drop him back in the fairway and he gets to par the hole. Yeah. And, I mean, he didn't get dropped in the fairway, guys, so don't be hating me for that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there were so many of these type of scenarios because they had to smash everything so close to the actual golf course.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what – that caused so many problems because all of the areas that you would need open for players to be penalized for bad shots were occupied by temporary movable objects. So there was – Humongous amounts of
0: free relief yeah, left and right. Yeah, we saw that with Scotty when he hit the wayward shot left and he had the shot link uh, tower. He was behind a tree, but he was able to move it to the right because of the shot link tower. You know, he yeah. got a great break with that. Yeah, and we're seeing this more and
1: more as... You know, obviously, if you go to a live event, you're going to see that if like a player hits it near one of the broadcast towers, mm-hmm. that's been awkwardly placed in front of the green instead of behind the green, <laughs> we see this happen. But uh, LACC, because of how smashed in that course was I- inside all these rich, rich, rich homes, they just they just didn't have any space to put any of the hospitality suites, but yet they still shoved them in there.
0: Yeah. What about Wyndham Clark on the 18th Hall hitting a crazy slice and it's still finding the fairway?
1: Yeah, I, 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 that one was weird to me. That right? was one of those That's where insane. I. That was one of those where I'm like, man, did someone use the foot wedge right there? I mean, yeah. what's, what's going on?
0: And there were several. There were several for Rory where you just thought, like, did, did did somebody just go out there and? It's like think the- about last year at the PGA yeah. with Mito when he sliced the right. Like he wishes he had that fairway, you know. Yeah, seriously. But I think it was more the sun cuz like I think it looked worse because of the sun because he looked like he he looked up in the sun and they looked back. He's like where is it? Mm-hmm. Because he couldn't see it coming off the club with the sun, but still if you hit a slice on the 18th tee of a major and you still hit the fairway like Granted, he hits that fade all day. He started everything in the left rough all day. That's his shot shape. But, you know, that's that's a pretty generous fairway. I think it was like 53 yards a- across at that point, which is insane.
1: Yeah, it was it was weird. I, I didn't like it. Um, but at the end of the day, the result happened. Um, I just hope the USGA learns from this and understands it like, hey, we don't – First of all, they should never have had the opening hole of a sixty-yard wide fairway. Sorry, the, the, the finale get,
0: hole. They don't have to get cute, man. Like there's plenty yeah. of courses out there where you know if you have a U.S. Open there, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be carnage. You know, like yeah. we don't mind seeing the same course every six or seven years. Like, it, it, and it, it makes better for the viewing experience because you could be like, oh, remember last U.S. Open? Rory was in this spot and he made. A bogey, wow, Scotty Shuffler just made a birdie. That's so impressive. You know, like you can recall that's why the Masters is so great, because you go back, you know who hit where what where on that hole years ago, you know, like we watched the Masters. What are the great shots? Bubba out of the pine straws when he hooked it, Phil out of the pine straws, Jordan Spieth hitting it into the water, uh, even going back when what's his name chipped on to to uh kill uh, Greg Norman, you know, like there's so many you know, classic shots, and while we're watching the golf tournament, like we could tell our son, like, oh, you know, back in two thousand seventeen, this happened here. You know, if we go to Pinehurst, we go to Oakmont, Shinnecock, Pebble, Wingfoot, every six, seven years, Marion, we could. We see that and it makes for a better viewing experience and we know what we're going to get and we don't have to worry about, is it going to play too easy? You know, you know know what it's going to play like in Pinehurst unless someone has a crazy week like Martin Kime did back in 2014, you know?
1: And that's kind of the point of it all, is, it, is that when you return to the place, when you come back to the place, when you experience it over and over again, it increases the majesty of it. Yep. None of us had ever been to the LACC, not in anyone's lifetime that's still alive. No. Um, LACC was just an, a... a, a a nothing club to all of us in our hearts. None of us cared about this place. There was no majesty. There was no crooked stick. This was no, um,
0: you know, Oakmont. This was no ho- course that we actually had a real connection at to. Wingfoot, Tiger yeah. at Pebble, you know, yeah. Payne Stewart at Pinehurst. You know, like there, there was no connection exactly, there, and, and there was nothing for them
1: to, you know, there's nothing for a Jim Nance type to create the narrative
0: they would have been better off sticking it at riviera
1: mm, or just or just saying hey you know screw this we're going to spyglass we're going to pebble beach whatever i don't care
0: just give us a course that we have memories at. yeah tory pines you know granted it was there two years ago but still you know like which is crazy i don't see tory pines on this list going all the way to 2051 you have to think that tory pines is going to get to 2036 or the 2038 u.s open
1: it is weird to not see them on that list for so long. I mean, yeah. it's Torrey Pines, um, but whatever, guys. I mean, this was—we understand the reasons why this was not a good U.S. Open for a U.S. Open uh, experience. Uh, I'm super happy for Wyndham Clark. Super confused for Ricky Fowler. Super thankful that Rory didn't win because of that situation. Um, and then just overall, just excited for golf in general. But most importantly, excited for Live to be returning. Because guys, yes. if you didn't see this, Live did open their store. They opened yeah. their shop
0: store, and and go take out a credit card. Yes, and let me tell you this though, it's gonna it's gonna drain your pockets because their prices are exorbitant. They're a little insane.
1: That they are, but I mean, the things that are on there are the exact same things that you see at the tournaments. Yeah. So this is it makes sense if you underst- if you've been to the tournament and you understand what they're selling. And the, to me, this is a power move for Live because this showcases that hey, we're not going anywhere. We're still operating because mm-hmm. you know, now if this was the end of the season and you saw the store open like the last event,
0: yeah, you it would it would not that, be a power. Or we're move. trying to make money
1: back, you know. Or we're we're trying, trying to liquidate. Yep. But this is still with half the season open, which means and they understand when they go to these events, dude, they <laughs> sell a booty load of
0: merch. Yeah, like, I, when I was at Trump Edmonds, the, the, we went in and they're like, oh, we went on Sunday, the final day, and they're like, yeah, we don't have much left. Yeah. People were buying the store up. Yeah, and that's that's a thing. And So understand, it may have just
1: been one of those moves where they just said, hey, listen, we need to have some uh, more events this season to really see how this stuff sells to know what we need to have on hand before we open it. Mm-hmm. The store actually does have, uh, or they it did have whenever it first opened on day one, um, one of the banners said gear up for Mayakoba. So to me, this means this store was in beta testing during uh, the preseason before Mayakoba event. So, and that just wasn't noticed by anybody, by the way, but the point is, to me, this means it was in the works in the beginning of this season, and it was just waited on to either be out of beta testing, to figure out some kind of tax code situation, yeah. or just to make sure they had the right inventory supply chains to be able to, you know, fulfill orders. Because if you don't have order order fulfillment settled, you, you're nothing.
0: Yeah. I just, uh, like I said, I feel like even now, like just the golf apparel world like we saw that with um you know, like Bob does sports, and all those guys with Fat Perez, and they came out with Breezy Golf, and they were charging ninety nine dollars a polo, and all their fans were complaining because they're like, "Oh, like you, you're trying to bring golf to the common man." You know, the common man can't spend a hundred dollars on a polo. Let's be real. And we're talking about, you know, Liv's talking about changing the game and bringing the game to the world. You know, you think like kids in India that that are on a fans are gonna be able to buy a uh, hundred dollar Crushers polo. You think kids in Asia are gonna be able to buy? buy, you know, a polo for $100? No. Like, you know, it's it's not... If you really want to change the game, you know, you're going to do $50 polos or you're going to just do tiers, you know? Like, the good polos are $100, you know what? But you got this cheaper polo that's $40. You know what I mean? So, so you're talking about, like, how the uh, the NBA does
1: the... the- the official yes. game merch. Yes. Jerseys. There's
0: like three tiers. Yeah. Know? They have like, they have like the, uh, the fake t-shirt Jersey. yep Or you have the, you have the, the, the Jersey with the Sonar numbers, right? Or you have the Jersey with the screen printed numbers. You know what I mean? No, but I understand what you're saying. We can't complain. It's the first time they opened up a store. I'm sure they'll make some changes, you know? And, it's it's good for Liv. It's good for them to start getting some money to come in because before this, the only money that was coming in was for ticket sales. And, you know, last year they were practically giving away tickets, you know, but it's good that money's coming in. And the rest of the season, uh, what is there? How many events left? Seven, six, seven? Basically, yeah. yeah. We're, we're halfway through the season. It's good yeah. to get a good assessment. So at the end of the year, when they sit down and they see what they're going to do with live moving forward, they'll have an understanding about how much money you could bring in.
1: Well, and the cool thing is now they're also going to be able to showcase – let's say expansion talks happen. They're going to be able to showcase, hey, you know, X person that we want to bring on to be a new captain for a team. This is what the merch sales look like. Yep. This is what the ticket sales look like. This is what point. your opportunity
0: looks like that you don't have right now. I didn't because, think about that at all. Yeah. That's a great point. Like, look, this is what Bryce and Deschambeau brought in from his sales. Yeah. And this, and again,
1: obviously, like Brooks Kepka is still promoting Brooks Kepka specific merchandise on his own site. Yeah, I bought Bryson, DeCham- Bryson DeChambeau is still doing the same thing, but we're talking about Crusher specific, Smash GC specific merchandise. The, for instance, one of the people was telling me that the um merch for the Range Goats was sold out on the very first day that it, they they launched the site. Like, like the, they
0: already said like, hey, we can't put any more orders in. For, for range goat hats. Yeah, Bubba was buying everything up and just handing them a down in Florida. I mean, he could be doing that. <laughs> Bubba's that kind of guy, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. There's in there is interest for certain teams and certain stuff. What I'm gonna say is this I, I had two hats that showed up today. One was the Brooks Kepka hat, and the other hat was a hat that a hat brand that we're testing out for my other company, Long Island Golf Co. I gotta say, the hat that I got to test out for Long Island Golf Co. was three times better quality than the Brooks Kepka hat. Brooks, do a little bit better, buddy.
1: No, that, that's, that's not a Smash GC hat. That's a Brooks no, Kepka hat. No, it's a
0: Brooks Kepka hat, that hat with, the, with his logo gotcha. in the front of gotcha. the BK. Like, honestly, it looks like he just grabbed whatever hat and just threw his logo on it. Granted, I know the proceeds are going to charity and stuff like that, but, you know, come on, do a little better. I am interested to order some live stuff and see because I feel like that's going to be top-notch. I know you said you got the crushers, uh, the Smash Polo, and you said it's your second favorite polo in your wardrobe, right? Correct.
1: The only, only one I, I like more in my polo collection right now that I play with on the course is my Black Lululemon. I know some people were bashing me for shopping at Lululemon, but yeah. You know, it's 100 off if you go in there at the right time. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. That's a that's a joke about their th- anti theft policy. By the way, if you're in California, go get free Lululemon. Yeah. Um, but California, anyway, guys, no, free I'm, shit I'm everywhere. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But no, um, you know, yeah, it's it's a really gr- good. It, it feel. I'll tell you this, Digs. Um, the uh, Smash GC Polo that I have is very similar to Lululemon in that it's designed to accentuate. The male physique. I'm I'm being serious when I say that it will accentuate the male physique. Um, You know, it's tight around the arms and uh, tight around the upper chest and then loose around the, around the gut. You got to love that. I need one of those. It's kind of the thing that we're hearing about right now with like, you know, compression based shirts and it's, it's not a compression shirt. But it's, uh, it definitely has that, that vibe. So, it, like I said, it's going to accentuate your chest yeah. without, without uh, broadcasting your gut if you, ha- if you have one.
0: We're going through all the processes right now. We have about a bunch. We ordered like seven different T-shirts, five different polos. So, we're testing out all the best qualities out there, you know, for Long Island Golf Girls. So, you know, you, you want to put out great quality stuff because at the end of the day, you know, some people will wear something and not even care what's on the front of it if it feels good.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, but no one will drink it if they don't agree with the message.
0: Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> like, like right.
1: No, but the guys at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm super proud and excited to see what, where, where, Long Island golf co goes. And, I mean, you know, obviously you're putting a lot of work right there to be able to make sure that you do put out the right kind of merchandise exactly. because you only get really one chance to make a first impression. And so when you guys do that, it's incredibly important to do it right. So I understand. And I'm sure that you
0: understand as well. Why live golf, Delayed the opportunity yep. of online March store so long. Yep. You want to make sure you got the best product out there. You know what? Uh, if they could have done a half-ass release in the beginning of the season or a full 100% release halfway through the season, they made the right choice. I think you're absolutely right on that. And the cool thing is that it's not just
1: one thing per team. It's not just the hat, right? Last yep. season, it was just a hat when you went to the live store last year. It was just a hat pretty yep. much. Yep. And like live golf specific shirts.
0: Um, this season, you know, you have a full merch line for each team. Hats, shirts, polos, flags, even yeah. freaking tumblers. I saw some tumblers on that, some drink mugs and stuff. Yeah. And then you have also um, bag towels for each team. Yeah. You which is know, I crazy think really the cool? Live Brandon merch is more expensive than the team merch, which is pretty crazy.
1: Oh, and I'm sure those are also
0: also that's because, that To me,
1: I think that's because they're made on a lower production quantity. Yeah. Like if I'm live, I don't promote the live brand. I yeah, promote, promote the, the teams team brand.
0: Yeah. I am excited to see. I, I hope we get expansion. And honestly, real quick, like before, we, because we could delve into this and go crazy. We'll talk about it more once we have our more live themed episodes. But what honestly, what I hope happens next year, I hope they, you know, cut down the schedule a little bit and do like 10, 12 events that will be premier events and just do one a month along with the PGA Tour elevated events, along with the Mages, and then we get a good 25 events that everybody's going to want to play at and make it different. Make the live events feel different than the PGA Tour events. Like, you know, like, don't merge everything into one. You know, like, keep it, make, like, the AFC and NFC. Or, like, the AL, the NL, you know, forever. The NL didn't have the DH, the AL did. Make that with golf make everything feel a little bit different so when we say oh wow lives coming up this week you know like we're going to get to see this this and that you know what i mean
1: i understand what you're saying i don't know how that's going to work out simply because there's still so much separation going on yeah. and and we're we're no long, we're no closer
0: to a resolution than we no. were and there's when a very Jay good chance, made the weird yeah. there's still a chance who knows the numbers but there's still a chance that live doesn't come back you know like i know dj was saying the right things and everybody's saying the right things but you know what are they going to say oh we might not come. like you know what i mean i i want them to come back obviously i'm sure you do as well all of us live fans do but it's so crazy what's going on right now like until we get concrete confirmation we're just you know making asses out of ourselves by speculating well here's a big question to you all right travelers is this week right
1: yes now we do know that this is going to be, you know, a an event about X, Y, and Z. But then next week we got Valderrama, and Valderrama. Um, there's lots and lots of rumors flying around. About Rom? You know where I'm going with this? John Rom. John Rom. What happens there? is this going to be where we see Maddie Fitzpatrick sorry Maddie Fitzpatrick Maddie Wolf is 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 Gonzo I mean we, we still haven't heard from him he, that guy that guy's a Yeah, I haven't heard about him at all um you know ever since he walked off at US Open qualifying uh, we haven't heard anything about him and I'm, I'm I'm concerned I don't know what the heck's going on there we don't we still don't know if he's going to make amends with Brooks Kepka we've heard the Gary Woodland rumors I mean, there are so much things up in the air right now that this is going to be interesting to see what happens. I
0: feel like if Rom's coming to live, he's getting his own team, and they're not going to put a new team on there now. You know, like what you're going to throw him on Smash? That's unfair, man. If you throw Rom on on Smash with Brooks and you got two of the top five players in the world. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. I'd love to see it, but that's. Just let it happen. It's only unfair
1: if you say it's unfair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'll be back next week with the episode for a preview for Valderrama. Keep you up with live stuff. And I'm sure we'll have a ton more to discuss because, as we saw today, that we didn't even get to, we're getting some, you know, prominent PGA Tour former players writing these uh, open, you know, letters to the PGA Tour commissioner. Davis Love third, Tom Watson. So. You know, plus there's stuff going on with the court battles and this and that. So I'm sure we'll get a lot more to be able to delve into that a lot more next week with our Valder episode.
1: Do we even want to, though? Because it looks like right now every person who has 20 plus wins in the PGA Tour is going to
0: write a letter. When's Jim I, yeah. When's Furyk's letter coming out? Yep. And honestly, it's it's stupid to talk about it now because we're not going to know the answer until the, the PGA Tour season's over and the Live Golf season's over. In the winter, the fall, when they sit down and they assess everything, and we get an answer from Yassir because he's the one running the show. Until we hear it from his mouth, everything right now is speculation. And basically, we're talking
1: like Thanksgiving. Yeah, like Thanksgiving weekend is probably, or the weekend after Thanksgiving is probably when we're going
0: to hear anything. Yep. So, at least concrete yeah but alright guys that does it for episode 14 again make sure to follow us on twitter at 54 live pod follow us on apple podcast spotify rate review etc and uh jake talk to you later buddy and we'll we'll see you all next week folks have a great night great fight and as always
1: hit the fairway hit the fairway hit the greens later. up